Buckle up, baby. This is season two, episode, we're not sure. We'll let you know. <laughs> we don't know when this is coming out, but we have a very special guest. As always, I'm your host, Drew Goche. We got co-host Anthony Maslin. What's going on, Wagwan? We got very, very special guest. Um, uh, someone who has come into my life recently, um, and I... And, and, I think I'm better for it. I really like when I get my opportunities to see him. He's a fantastic person. He's way smarter than I am. He's got an amazing idea. Um, and, and I want to tell everybody about it. And I think he he uh, he does too. It, it's such an amazing thing. So we have, without further ado, we have my good buddy, Mike Froome. Mike. Drew, what's up, man? How are you? Good buddy. We want to thank you for doing this. I know you're in the middle of your work day and you're doing it out of a Boston pizza. So we're <laughs> thankful for you, man. He made time for us. No worries. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm grateful to be on here and be chatting with you guys. So this is uh, this will be fun. Yeah. Well, it's like your second podcast in a month. It is, yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe Rogan caliber now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, has he contacted you yet or what? <laughs> I was talking to my people. I think I'm meeting them tomorrow at once. So, yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah, and actually in the middle of that meeting, he has to go out for another podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, so, Mike, we want to talk about uh, That Made Me Smile project and branding, kind of what you're doing. But I, we want to start with a general picture and kind of let people know who you were and maybe how you got to that point. Um, cool. So you came out of high school, you had a, a bit of a passion for golf, and you end up going to um, a NCAA school in the States to play Division One golf. Um, what was that like? Is it what every kid dreams of, going to the States and being a Division One athlete? I mean, it's probably even more. Yeah. Because, like, the immediate respect you get from, from anyone on campus whenever you say that you're an athlete is much different than else that you would find and oh he's cutting out Maz you got uh, him or no yeah uh, he's cutting out for me too. Was Mike you're cutting out buddy that uh Mike Mike <laughs> oh shit <laughs> okay Oh, we missed your whole. We missed your whole answer, but we got my question yeah, so, in there. So just roll. Cool. All right. So yeah, it was amazing. The the moment that someone finds out that you're a student athlete, you get this like different level of respect, which is so fun, and you get invited to different types of things. But I do have to complain. And initially, I didn't go on a golf scholarship. I went on an academic scholarship. Really? And then I I, I walked onto the golf team uh, at Saint Lawrence University, and then after a year of playing, I transferred to Florida and decided to, to finish up everything down there and playing. And the guys on the team in Florida were way, 
just next level uh, ridiculous. They were so talented and so good that even just being around them in practices, I felt myself getting better and improving and, and learning so much more. And then I, I shifted over and ended up joining on to Ron Jones's team. Now, Ron Jones was Hank Haney's assistant whenever he taught Tiger. Wow. So I got looped into something pretty cool there and le- learned so much from him and really learned to just simplify the game. So that was so fun on a golf perspective. Uh, aside from that, after you know going to school and getting to jump in and learning all that I could from with, with golf, uh, I decided that I might want to take a run at pro. That was in like my third year of school. Uh, so whenever I decided to do that, I was I got a little bit of a hot water because I had a, like a website that came up and I had advertising on it, uh, and the NCAA told me that I wasn't allowed to do that. So I had to take that down and re-shift my focus. So the final year of school was a lot of fun because I really just focused on, on golfing and learning uh, before before I wanted to move on to do anything else. That's so sick. Like, I, I've i never, like, obviously I was an athlete when I was younger. I wouldn't consider myself one now. But to just have, like, the the control to just think, like, you know what, I'm probably good enough to make a run at this professionally. Like, what a feeling that must be. Like, it's just incredible. Yeah. It was, it was pretty cool, and so many emotions that, that run over and, and wondering what you're going to do and if you're going to be able to, to make it. And just the level of commitment that it took, it really set me up for future successes that may not have had to do with sport at all. But it was really good learning experience to, to just really put myself out there and take a chance of doing something that, one, a lot of people want to do, but two, not a lot of people get the opportunity to do. So I was super thankful that I was even in the position to be able to attempt it and, and try to do it. Yeah. Um, did you ever feel at any point when you're at school that like the golfers were treated like a second as a second class sport? Like, did it not get the same respect as a football as the football team or hockey team, or is it completely different because that's such a big Division One school? So I'll answer it in two ways. Uh, yes, it did feel different from how any of the the basketball guys or hockey guys or football guys were treated. Just because their sports are so huge, and with all the exposure they get, they become basic celebrities across the U.S. Uh, while they're in college. So, and duly right, they should be getting more exposure, and they should be treated differently than any golfer would be. Uh, but also, Florida is the home of golf, so yeah. it, was, it was super cool to uh, to get to be there. And outside of just the school, just being on a university team and getting to talk and have that image, it gave more celebrity to any student athletes outside of the school whenever you had a course they saw your golf bag and it started a conversation so it was really amazing to as a conversation starter to be part of that compared sure. to being like a, an on-campus celebrity sure cool. and it, like an on-campus celebrity would suck you can't do anything wrong <laughs> oh, you're exactly right now some of those guys that got away with a ton but uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have wanted that. I always like flying under the radar. That like, was more my style. I don't know if I could have handled being uh, like one of the football guys or basketball guys. It wouldn't have been my thing. Well, uh, when I, I'll, I'll say something. Uh, when I met you, uh, you're a super personable guy, super nice guy, and uh, goat before the show. About an hour before the show was like, oh yeah, hey, he's got a blog by the way. Read up on that. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, I got to. So I, I actually read up on it, and I wanted to compliment you on your writing. Your writing's very good, like super engaging. And I don't usually read things like that, like inspiring um, type of uh, pieces. But I, I, I wanted to compliment you on it. I thought it was very good. Thanks, Maz. I appreciate that, man. Wait. And uh, that's that's kind of what I go for. Yeah, you know, I don't want it to be. I, I, I don't really like the self help 
industry, quote unquote. But I definitely like sharing my story in my own way, and I, I only want to write something that I think I want to read time and time again. So mm -hmm. I try to really incorporate humor and just being real into it rather than trying to be like, oh, do this and do this and all these mantra and foo-foo shit in the clouds. I wanted to be like, yeah, man, like that makes sense and that's cool. Yeah, it did yeah. It did make me smile. I'll give you that. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Maz, you're jumping all over the place. Sorry, We're man. Getting there. We're getting there. I know I'm slow rolling it, but I'm excited <laughs> to have Mike on. Um, okay, so you're you're at this stage in your life where you're through school. You are playing professional golf. When, so just in the same, almost the same question is, when you had that moment of, you know what, I can make it turn professional, when did you have that moment where maybe this isn't going to work and I have to change my focus? When I shot 62, 63 on the weekend and finished eighth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can't do it. I had a good run, and that was the best, the two best rounds I ever, ever played. And I was like, yeah, I am just not that good, so uh, let's hang these up. Do you still, though, before we get into everything else, do you still feel, like, is golf different to you now? Like, do you enjoy it as much, or did you love it f because it was the competition? I hated it for about two years after I stopped yeah. playing. Uh, and since then, I've probably been playing golf eight times since I've came off tour. Uh, yeah. But I'm starting to fall back in love with it again for, for what it is. And I, I grew up playing. I grew up on a golf course. I was the way, like, my father and I bonded. I would up chipping on the 17th green and just learning and that's the reason why I fell in love with golf was just because of the time that it allowed me to spend with my father and my uh, my family as a whole we used to go in golf tournaments and it was just so much fun so before going out on tour that's why I loved it and then whenever it became a job and there was yeah. a ton of pressure kind of didn't want to stick with it anymore uh, and I got out of it what I knew I wanted to which was a chance to travel North America talk to some amazing people and just to play golf for a bit was cool, mm -hmm. uh, but you know I'm starting to get back into it now, and I, I do miss it. I do miss that, that feeling and being out there and playing. So it's uh, it's exciting, and I can't wait for for next summer. Now we have snow today, but I mean like next summer will be exciting to get out and play again. Uh, and I just want to make this public: Mike does owe me a round of golf. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> he does owe me a round of golf. So next summer I'm yeah. definitely taking you up on it. Yeah, you're gonna we'll get record. embarrassed, goat. <laughs> I know I'm going to get embarrassed. I'm hoping he's going to teach me something. We'll do, we'll do a follow-up episode on the course next year. Yeah, there you go. That'd be a blast. <laughs> um, okay. So you're, you're done with golf. You're figuring out your life and where it's going to go from there. And then you have this idea about the That Made Me Smile project. When exactly did that start in your life? Was it something you were th always kind of thinking about? And, and I guess the second part is, when did you start realizing that I need to do something with this? So that made me smile was really a thing that I started while I was in school uh, at a sports psychologist. And his name is Dr. Tom Fisher. Easily the most brilliant man, aside from you, Goat, that I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> and uh, he that's, that's encouraged me. That's the <laughs> <laughs> He encouraged me every day to, to journal what I was doing. And I just was like, okay. Like, at first, I didn't really care. But, so I started off that from when he told me to journal. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I was like, you know what? I wrote the first day, but something made me smile. And at the end of it, I just wrote that made me smile. I was like, well, sweet. Like, I could use this because no matter what happens, like, during any day, there's always going to be something that can and should be able to make you smile. So what I did is I would take, and this is a journal that's coming out along with that made me smile, and we can talk about that later. It's called Moments to Memories. So oh, I would take... Okay. 
I would take two minutes and think about the moment and then take 10 minutes and turn that into a memory and then write about how that made me smile. So it was my chance to really connect like with myself from the day and reevaluate what had happened and just really think of something positive that was incredible. So I, I had done that for years. So a lot of the stuff that's going to be coming up on the blog is going to be shorter, but it was a collection of like over 700 things that I journaled about that made me smile. And I didn't ever think of turning it into anything, to be honest. Uh, when I first came out of school, I started a different company, and that was called Nook Lifestyle, which was based off like a Nookshooks because they were like the, the thing I've always worn. I designed a bracelet and always wanted to have that as like my guiding thing with me. Uh, and then it was when I was writing stuff for Nook that I was like, you know what, I need to make this something different and make it more mainstream. So that's why the thought of that made me smile with it. Everyone saying those words and it making yeah. sense. And I was like, all right, I got to give this a run and try to turn this into a blog and a book and just kind of words to live by. Yeah. Um, I love the, the Instagram that you have. We'll throw a quick plug in because we're, we're, we're rolling now. Um, you have a fantastic Instagram that every time I do see a post come across my page, it does, it does make me, I always click to read because I'm interested in what the picture and the memory is. Um, and it, the Instagram is that made me smile co all lowercase. Um, uh, and you can find out these little pictures and, and read up on exactly what it is, um, what the picture means. And it's awesome. Um, yeah, so there are any, little, little yeah, Polaroids and we wanted yeah. to take it like a different direction with that to try to stand out because there are so many things on, on Instagram that really are very similar. So we were like, what can we do that's a little different? And we came up with the idea of a Polaroid. So the background is Santa Monica, and we blurred it out. And then just have a hand <laughs> there uh, with, uh, yeah, with, with a Polaroid. And then we just throw the photo in there each day. And then it's something like all of them are relevant to me and happen in a certain spot. So and then I just write a little bit about them. And each one is going to be attached to a blog post uh, shortly. Well, I love it. What a great idea. Um, but so, okay, so you kind of answered this, but I want to go a little bit more into detail. When, when you start the day, like now that you're more conscious of it, do you set out to find a smile or, or do you fo do you like meditate at the end of the day and then go back and think of what happened and what made you smile? Like, how do you find your smile a day? Yeah. So I do 20 minutes of meditation in the morning and 20 at night. And oh. really the morning one is to set out to try to impact a life in a certain way. And then at night as a reflection on it. So in the morning, I don't necessarily think of how I'm going to make someone smile. I just want to make sure that I remind myself to stay engaged in any moment because no matter what you do, you can make someone smile. And there's tons of opportunities in every day to do it from buying someone a beer when you see them or holding the door or going to your neighbors and shoveling the driveway or something just to, to give them a little thing of let you know that you're paying attention. Uh, and then at the end of the day, I'll reflect and be like, you know what, I got to smile here and smile here, but then I'll pull on the one that I can feel and remember the most. And then, and then write on it and reflect on it and be like, you know what, I want to feel that tomorrow. So it's kind of like high in a way where you're getting a smile and getting to share someone. So it's like a moment of connection that is so important. I got to tell a quick story about how Mike made me smile. <laughs> we were, Maslin, I think you were home and we were all hammered in Gasper's backyard. And it's now like 1.30 in the morning and we had to go home. And Mike ended up behind me in the drive-thru at McDonald's and paid for my order. 
Oh, wow. So when I got up to the... Or no, he was in front of me. He was in front of me in the drive-thru. And when I got up to the window, he was like, oh, the car in front of you paid for it. I oh, was wow. never happier. <laughs> Drunk Bolt was loving life. He had his Big Mac. He was all excited. Hey, and the best that part, was- it was free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. So yeah, that was, was funny. <laughs> and it's funny. It's funny you say that because it, you know, it made me so happy that it made me remember it. Nah, it's so cool, man. Do you know what I mean? So I, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, Little things like that, right? Yeah, exactly. When you, well, okay, when you, let's say your day alters and it's not what you think about when you meditate in the morning. Um, and then, you know, something great happens and you happen to get a smile. Do you take a moment, pause and reflect on it? Like, whoa, I didn't see that coming, but whoa, that's awesome. Or is it something that you do at night? Yeah, I try to stay in the moment as much as possible. Um, I really live by the words embrace the moment. And so no matter where you are, you just have to lean in and just enjoy it. No matter if something bad is happening or good, you just really need to realize what it is. And I think the the moments of struggle in our lives are a chance to slow down. And then a chance, the the moments of excitement are a chance to, you know, speed up and enjoy it and take it for all that it is. So I think that any moment, no matter if it's a, a speeding ticket or if it's a red light, or if it turns out that you get to marry someone as amazing as Jessica, or whatever it may be, that you get you get to appreciate those moments in different ways. And I think they all can teach us something about ourselves and the world around us. Yeah, that's crazy. So, okay, when, you, when you're having a crummy day, Mike, mm-hmm. and then you get a speeding ticket thrown on it, or, um, like, what do, you, what do you do? How do you turn and make yourself smile? What's well, the Mike Froom trick? So there's a word I like to use when I get pissed off, and it's fuck. So I'll say that quite often. <laughs> I know you're pissed off. You need to listen to more of these. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you got to get pissed sometimes and just let it let it go. But then you just pause and reflect and think, like, you know what, like, oh, it's a speeding ticket. It's, you know, it's his job, and we're doing something wrong. Yeah. So, you know what, let's take a moment and slow down. And why are you speeding? And what led you to this moment? And why did you decide to speed? Where are you trying to go so fast? Just slow the fuck down in your life and just appreciate what's around you. Maybe you miss a ton on your drive. Maybe there's something that you didn't see before. So I, I try to be really self-aware in those moments and, and force myself to slow down. And, I mean, I'm not perfect by any stretch. So, like, there are days that I'm, like, I have shitty days. But then it's a, a simple text to a friend or it's a reflection of what's been good or just go outside and breathe deep and just be like, you know, like, I'm fucking so grateful to be living right now. So why are you upset? Like, you have a roof over your head, you have clothes on your back, and you have a mind, so use it. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you, you really are living proof of that. Like, I don't know... We don't have to dive into this, but like you've had a bit of a shitty run these lot this last little bit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, here you are, you've adapted to your situation, you've made changes, and here you are looking at me at the other end of the screen smiling. So I mean, you really are living proof of what you're saying, and that's why I, I thought you'd be so interesting to talk about or talk to. Every, every chance you have in life, no matter if it is that you get fired from a job or go through a breakup or whatever it may be, there's so many positives to pull on from those that you can't have resentment and the biggest thing is to, to be kind and I think that whenever you can be kind to yourself first you're allowed to be able to you allow yourself to be kind to everyone else around you and that goes so much further like I don't care if someone's the smartest person I met or the most talented the thing that I remember long after is how kind they were and I think that has such an impact on people's lives because everyone is so used to just people pushing them away or being self-centered when you can be kind and show genuine interest you have an impact in someone's life and when you can have an impact in someone's life they're going to remember you and, and that, that's so important in, in this day and age. 
For sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, so there's there's a ton of things you're working on with the That Made Me Smile company. Um, what's coming out next? What are the next moves? Sweet, yeah. So Instagram's going to be hammered down a little bit more. Uh, yeah. And then... we So the cool thing that I haven't talked about yet with anyone, so it's breaking news. Whoa! Oh, here shit. we go, podcast with goat special, baby. And it's going to be on university and college campuses because that's a, a cool demo that we can hit, is we have a, a Polaroid camera and we're going to go around and have someone take a photo and then on the bottom of the photo, similar to what we do on Instagram, people are going to write, why, like, why'd you smile or why'd I smile is what it's called. So it's going to be like a why'd I smile campaign. And then we want to take that and, and let that go and use that through interviews. So similar to like Humans in New York, where, where Brendan's interviewing people to tell their story, we want to do that with, with kids on college campuses to hear why they smile today and really like help them understand that all the pressure they're facing right now in school is irrelevant to who they're going to become because what they're learning, that the, the true material in school has no impact on what they're going to do the rest of their life because all the shit that you can learn at school, you can learn anywhere. While you're, while you're at school, you're there to make friends. You're there to smile. So we want to hammer that home and make sure that the mindfulness aspect is getting more prevalent than anything. So that, that's the next thing coming up. That, are you excited about that? Yeah, dude, I, I can't wait. Christina and I are taking a, a trip to, uh, across Nevada, California. Utah, I wanted to talk Arizona. about this too. This is perfect. Good. Yeah, so we're, we're doing that and we're having something with that. So it's a wide eye smile or, and then a hike to happiness type thing. So we're going to try to get local communities to get together and get people to come out and hike and share reasons like why they smile and what they're doing and just really connect people in real life compared to just being online. That's so rad. Maz, him and Christina are going to like drive around in a van for like uh, a month. Dude, that's, How like, rad. that's honestly my dream to like hit every state, like go in like a van and just hit every state and try to find something cool in every state. Yeah, there's so much. The company's called Escape Camper Vans. They're, like, retrofitted and painted from, like, local artists, and they have stuff that's, oh, like, cool. painted on national Whoa. parks and different things. So it's super sick. That's really cool. That's super cool. Oh, um, Jess and I did that for, like, three days and tried to fit in as much of Nova Scotia in as we could Sweet. while sleeping in a car. Um, <laughs> we had a blast, minus the whole, like, no shower thing. Like, right. that started to get a little rough after a while. You got to get a gym but, membership. Yeah, well, that's it. I was looking for YMCA's. If you find a YMCA, they gotta let you in. Yeah, Uh, Mike, I wanted I wanted to ask you something, like because I I, like I said earlier, I read your blog. Um, Yep. You talk about running a marathon in in BC. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you run marathons like all the time? Like, is this or was that once in a lifetime thing or what? Once in a while. So. I ended up doing three uh, in 2018. Three marathons. So, yeah, the so one the one he writes about was like 47K or something, right? 42.2, yeah. That's it, so, that's, so I was in Vancouver. And so at the end of 2017, I wanted to challenge myself with something new. And I had been listening to Rich Roll for a long time with his yeah. podcast and his books and trying to like, to be like, how could this guy that who turned 40 and then decided to do all this crazy shit with running... Ironmans and, and all that stuff. I was like, what can I do that can, I can challenge myself? And I loved running. And I really just wanted an excuse to go to Vancouver for a weekend. So I was like, uh, what, what's going to happen? Like, what can I do to get there? Because I don't like traveling without a purpose. I like going like to do something, not just like hang out. So I was like, all right, a marathon, let's do this. So I started training uh, and then took the flight out. I spent a few days in Tofino before running the marathon and then really wanted to, to challenge myself to, to finish it because it was my first marathon. So I was like, started out with thinking like you know what i want to set like an amazing time and get through it 
And long story short, I at about the 30k mark, uh, I looked down and my white shoes were now red because I had lost toenails. Uh, so my Come feet were like, on. they were completely bleeding and I was like beat down and I was like, dude, like you can't quit right now. Like it's fine. Then I remembered like thinking back that well, you can't quit. Like you can't do this because I had just, uh, I'd saw a guy on the bridge right before entering uh, Stanley Park and running on the seawall and he was like a seven year old guy and he saw me on Burrard Bridge, which is like the steep incline, which whoever designed this course is an idiot because it's so <laughs> difficult but i was running up it and like just dying and he's like come on buddy like i got you i'll see you at the finish so i was like well if a seven-year-old man can do this and blow by me i gotta get my shit together <laughs> so entered entered stanley park and looked down saw my feet were like done i was like you know what man you come this far you gotta finish you have to go and get this done so ended up pushing through and uh ended up crossing the finish line and who was there to greet me was that seven year old man that he was no said, uh, way he'd, he'd be waiting for me so he gave me my medal and i was like wow so there, there's tons of times i wanted to quit but it was really just a parable to life to be like you know what when, when it gets tough just just keep going and you need to walk you need to slow down just just do it but finish that's yeah. fucking awesome hey how accomplished would that is that feeling after when people talk about runner's high it's it's a real thing but you don't ever really get it and i and i could be speaking out of turn i mean i'm not a professional runner by any means yeah. but after finishing a marathon you feel like you can do anything and since doing that i've, I've just had so much more self-confidence in doing anything and i've set my mind up to do can, like being a pro golfer was cool but like honestly i think that like anyone can go play mini tours like you can get out there i think that like to finish a marathon takes commitment because at like the 28 to 32 kilometer mark you want to quit like you're dead you, you have nothing left you you're just you're you're spent and to push through and to finally get across that finish line, man, it's one of the most satisfying things in life. And you can look back and, like, you honestly just want to cry because you're like, how the hell did I just run that long? Mm-hmm. That's really and just push through all. Sorry, that's oh, really impressive. Yeah, yeah. And what what, know, what sort of things did you like put into your head to like get through it to not quit? Uh, at one point, it was just get to the next line on the road, like the 10-foot fucking divided line on the road. Get to the next line. Get to the next line because I, I couldn't make it. I knew that I was. I was crushed, and then I just thought back, like, across my life to, like, all the moments that I had given up before and how, like, I knew that I needed to push through to prove to myself that at 28 I could could finish it. Uh, And then there was, like, the moment in the race when I realized I knew I was going to finish no matter if I had to crawl across the line was there was a lady from Japan that was running. We were about to enter the the campus of UBC, and she collapsed on the side of the road, and she's like, screamed, like, my medal, my medal. Like, she just wanted to get a finisher's medal. And, like, that's what meant most to her. And, you know what, the medal's cool. Like, I, I love it. I think it's, like, it's one of the coolest things I've ever got in my life. But it was a feeling of accomplishment that far outweighed the promise of something materialistic. And that was the first time in my life that I was able to change that off from wanting to go do this because, just to do this to do it. So, ultimately, it was, like, this self-satisfaction inside that was, like, all right, man, you know what, you, you just pulled this off. So, what, what are you going to do next? And the moment I finished, I booked the next marathon. Wow. wow. Nice. Do you know who Bert Kreischer is? Yeah, Bert has the Mickey Mantle gene. He's great. Yes. Okay. All right. So you're well. You're he, when he talks about his marathon because mm-hmm. he ran one in zero training in Maslin. He looks like me. Okay. <laughs> like zero training, just showed up and ran it. And he said it was the best and worst thing that ever happened to him because yeah. it was the exact thing Mike described about you know his self confidence and believing that he could do it. But he said because he didn't train, he was so sore for the next month 
that he ended up putting on like 30 pounds just because he couldn't do anything. <laughs> like, must have been, and you don't have to share this, but your feet must have been jacked up for a while after this marathon. Yeah, I like had to go get like two other toenails like pulled off because they were Jeez. so like done. I had the four that I lost completely. Had to go like to the hospital and all that to get the shit looked at. Uh, then like I really did struggle to walk for like two days because like my legs were so bent and like they're so spent and like chafing like from shorts. I like oh, really fit, so you would need yeah. so much, so much baby powder. It'd be ridiculous. Yeah, so that sucked. So that was a learning experience too for the next one to be like, all right, buddy, like you might want to use that Astro Glides to make sure that. You aren't going to be chafing, but it was, <laughs> yeah, there were, there were so many things afterward. And like, the crazy thing was, is that I had to fly home that night and my plane, my flight got canceled. So the moment I finished the marathon, I look at my phone, my phone's blowing up with air Canada notifications that I have to change a flight and all this. I was like, man, like I can't even walk right now. Like I got to focus on stuff, <laughs> but it was like, so it was just so many emotions that were all hitting me at once, which were so cool. Uh, but I'll tell you the best thing about finishing a marathon is finally getting to have that beer because whew. That, that's, uh, oh, yeah. I will admit that a few moments, uh, that's what got me through, knowing that there was a promise of a cold beer at the end of it. Yeah, I'm sure our beer has never tasted better. <laughs> no, sir. Do you have any uh, future marathons planned? or? Are you... Yeah, so there, I'm going to run one uh, when we're in Arizona. It's called the Rock and Roll Marathon, so they have a series all across, uh, all across the world now. But uh, the cool thing about that is that they have like bands stationed outside, and it's just like this total event around it, which is... Uh, which is so fun. And then my goal for, for 2020 is to do 20 marathons, but halves. I want to run 20 half marathons because you know, they take an hour and a half to do an hour 40, depending how quick I want to run them. Uh, Jesus but, Christ. So that, that's the goal, trying to be like audacious. And with that is going to be like a thing to promote. Like that made me smile and really pushing it with, with that. I'll do one with you. Yeah. Done. Oh, I'm dead serious. I'll do one half marathon with you. You tell me when. Cool, man. All right, we'll do Tw one. There's one in Hamilton. That we'll, have to, we'll check one out and see if we can. 2020 before the wedding. I'll do it. Cool. Love it. Absolutely love that. Okay. Yo, I'll join Done. in on that, too. Done. Sure. Nice. Done. For sure. We'll, wear, I'll, we'll get some a podcast with goat swag. We'll run in it. 100%. <laughs> I'll do a half marathon. Outstanding. Book it. All right, cool. Okay. How, how right. much? Oh, I'm juiced up. <laughs> how, much, how long did the 42K take you? Uh, so I normally can run a marathon in anywhere between three hours and 50 minutes to four hours and 10, depending wow. on how I'm feeling. The first one in Vancouver, because my toes were messed up and I, I had a walk, it took me five hours and seven just because mm -hmm. I didn't, I honestly didn't think I was going to finish. Uh, but they finally got through it and it worked out. But yeah, that, yeah so it was, it was a longer one. Uh, the goal is to always be sub four. Like, I mean, that's the average, the average time is around four hours. So always like to be slightly ahead of four hours. That's where I judge my pace. I know I'm never going to get to like Boston qualifying time, which is like sub three. Those guys are freaks. Yeah, but uh, yeah. just to, to it really a marathon's like a, a challenge against yourself. So depending on how fast you want to go, and maybe that's all you got that day. Maybe five hours, seven minutes was all I had that day, and that was the best I could do that day. So that's fine. Other days you're going to be able to do it in a lot quicker. So it's uh, just fun to compete against yourself. Yeah. Okay. All right. So hang on. We're. I need to clarify to make sure. The three of us are running a half marathon. Yes. Yeah, I'll do it. I have, I, right. I, I have good cardio, so yeah. I'm not worried about it, man. <laughs> no, I got to start. Okay, all right, <laughs> hang on. Off the marathon, we got to get back to that smile. Yeah. Or that made me smile. Holy moly. Um, so you, you're writing a series of blogs, um, maybe sneaking in a little bit writing of a book here and there. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so the book's coming. Uh, Ooh, so, I gotta do admit it. I didn't think <laughs> it was gonna. <laughs> yeah, so there will be there will be a book uh, that's called "That Made Me Smile," and what it's going to be is basically a simple collection of everything that I've I've already written and going to put up on the blog. Uh, and then with it is a section for for life lessons attached to each one. So in all of them, I kind of like give myself a life lesson, but it's gonna go like family blog post life lesson about why family is so important, and then like sports, and then friends. So I'm trying to go through all those and travel. So it's going to be family, friends, sports, and travel. There are four different sections on it. And then within those are going to be things that I've done that I've drawn inspiration from and things that have made me smile. And then simple little life lessons or happy hacks is what I've called them to, to get them moving and moving forward. That's cute, happy yes. hacks. That made me smile. I'm trying to question. <laughs> you got smiling. Um, okay. What what are some of the challenges that come with, because um, this is something I think Maslin and I deal with a little bit with this podcast, but I find when I'm my own boss, sometimes I'm really motivated to get things done, and sometimes it's like, ah, and it drags a little. So when you're have, having to write like a series of blogs or, you know, putting blogs and lessons into the book, do you find it tough to stay motivated? Yes and no. There, there are certain days that are difficult and with doing anything that you aren't told to do when you have that complete freedom you, you really can get sidetracked the thing that I do whenever I know that I can't create is I take a page out of Ernest Hemingway's book and Tim Ferriss's is I write drunk and edit sober so if I come on so if I'm struggling to get through stuff I'll crush a few beers and go ahead and write and I just, I'll just write I'll just, just write, 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 write and then go back like three days later uh when I'm sober, so if I say I got drunk on a Friday, Saturday night, I'm writing those nights like for six or seven hours, just writing. It doesn't matter if anything makes sense. And then like Monday or Tuesday, I'll go back and edit and see if I can pull anything out of there that was good. And then once I find something that was good and clever, I can build off that and write that day while being sober because I'm inspired again. So trying to create like a system that works, uh, and that's only whenever I can't create. Most of the time, it's honestly, I'll go for a run or go do something physical just to get my mind going. And, and then move forward on or listen to a podcast or read a book or I'll talk to Christina or my parents and just try to pull on something. And then just getting started is like the biggest thing. And there's plenty of days when I don't want to write, uh, but I know I have to because I've made that promise to myself that I'm going to do it. So I think like with you guys, if you're, you're struggling with a podcast at any time, think back to why you ever wanted to start it. And it wasn't to give yourself a job, so don't make it a job. Get on and just talk and see if you can pull something good. That's a benefit and the, the beauty of editing. If you just go on and talk for an hour or two, you can get some shit that works, and even if it's only like a 15-minute episode, at least you put something up, and at least your fans have something to pull on, and th- that was the best you had that day. Yeah. yeah. We've given some dog shit episodes, so so I totally know where that's coming from. Sometimes we jump on here, and it's just like, blah. Um, that's going to happen, right? Any, with anything, right? Of course. Sure. Sure. Mike, what's something, like, obviously you're doing this for your... I mean, you want to make a difference and you want to help other people. So is that your reason? Is there anything else that you pull from this? Like, what what's the end goal, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Honestly, to, to make the world a place that I want to leave to my kids. Because I think that as long as I can put out that image into them, and I'm really just practicing to be a dad, to be honest with you. Because I think that I want to be a role model in so many people's lives, and ultimately it will be to my kids. Uh, but more so than that, I think it's to like the greater good of humanity, because I think with a few more smiles at all times, we can all create the things that we want to create. And I think that the secret to, to living a happy, true, 
like truly satisfied life is by doing what we love. And I don't think that anything should be standing in the way of what we want to create. If you want to be the best chair designer in the world, you should be able to be the best chair designer. If you want to be a writer, you should be able to be a writer. I think that we need to encourage each other a little bit more. And if I can help contribute to that idea in any way, and if that's by providing someone a smile that maybe they haven't had in a few a little while, then I'm willing to, to do that. Um, I like where you're headed with that. And I feel like since the birth of the Internet, it has really given more people an opportunity to do that. I mean, if you would have told me in grade eight that I'd have a podcast that people listen to semi-regularly, like, I'd kind of laugh at you and just think that that was ridiculous. Or, like, I don't even think they, I knew what podcasts were in grade eight. Like, if you would have said, like, an internet radio show, I would have been like, you're wild. No way. <laughs> no, um, no. But, I mean, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Like, when Maslin and I put our nice hats out for sale and we still on sale still on sale we sold a few uh and we have some uh t-shirts that that like sell out so quick and it's crazy to think that these many people wanted to see us do well and and want to support us so i mean i i I, and 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 i've seen some posts of like um oh you're just a girl from niagara falls we don't need your youtube channel on how to do makeup it's not really for you though. It's for her. She's she's doing what she wants to do, and I mean, um, so I'm I'm always for supporting anybody who's trying to do their own thing and have fun, um, and that's what it seems like you're doing. You're having fun, dude. Dude, it's the most fun I've ever had because I get to express my my thoughts in the way that I want to, and I get to write and entertain people. And you know, I tossed around the idea of doing a video series, doing a podcast, yeah. doing these different things. But really, I felt like the best way that I could do it for me was through writing, and. I think that everyone has their own talent for what they can do. And if someone wants to put up a, a makeup channel on YouTube, go ahead and do it because it's for you and it allows you to have your creative outlet. I, I have major issues with the education system and I think that it's incredibly flawed and we have such a long way to go to improve that into a 2019, 2020 world. And I honestly think that writing online or having a podcast or having your own channel is a new form of MBA and resume. I think yes. that anyone that wants to create anything should go ahead and do it. And I think that instead of companies asking for resumes, they should ask what you've created because you can learn so much more about someone from something they've created than a little piece of paper that's full of bullshit anyways. Oh, oh dude, yeah. that's it. Like, I, I, when we started this, it was just to, like, be a joke between buddies. But hmm. now that we've started it, I can totally see that. Like, uh, this, I'm proud of this. Cool. And I mean, it should be. Yeah, well, it. I mean, it, it went from... You know, I thought we were going to get 10 listens. <laughs> like, I didn't think anybody would care. And then it's kind of turned into this, and it's like, holy shit, like, this is crazy. So, I mean, I totally get where you're coming from because I'm more proud of this than anything I did in school. But, cool. Like, far and away. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Definitely. So I, so I totally get that. Um, yeah. Back so, okay. I was yeah, going to say. Ahead, Matt. No, go ahead, bro. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> See, I'm cutting you off now. That's um, all right. Back to like the what you said about the education system. Like, I, I don't want to get into this too much, but what do you think is wrong with the education system, in your opinion? Outdated. So all we're in, in school right now, and from elementary school up to high school, we're being trained to be just new, uh, cogs in a wheel. We're being told to adhere. And whenever you kill creativity in anyone, so a kid that maybe get D's in math, you're, you're going to tell him he, he's stupid, but he's not because you just aren't teaching it in the right way or that isn't what he's, he's supposed to do in life. You know, it's 
if you're getting D's in a class, there shouldn't be. I honestly think we shouldn't focus on our weaknesses. We should just triple down on our strengths and focus really what we're good at. So if a kid doesn't know what he's doing in math, fuck it, move on, next. And I think that we need to create a, a system where a freedom of thought is brought back into it, not just yeah. a adherence to complacency. And I feel like online education right now is so important with a lot of things that are coming out, which I think is the future. So instead of taking a whole curriculum that is driven by someone else and, and told why you should, I think that the online platforms allow you to create your own kind of education. And I think I also have an, an issue with the word education. I think that is, is way too mainstream. I think that learning is a lifelong commitment. And the moment we stop learning is the moment we stop evolving. And the moment we stop evolving is when we, we die internally. So We're I think getting deep. We, we, I like it though. I like it. Uh, me do. Me do. This is my mm-hmm. shit. It's it's up to everyone to take responsibility for the life they want to live. And if you don't want to go to school, don't go to school because someone's telling you to do. I didn't go to law school. My parents wanted me to go. I did not go. I said no. And I spent my twenties. I just had my thirtieth birthday. Yeah. Happy took, birthday, brother. Thanks, man. I uh, I took my twenties and really tried to give myself my own form of learning experiences through uh, experiential learning through different things trying to do different things that people are like man like you might just want to figure it out it was figuring it out and i think that i'm far off far better off now by having experienced succeeded and failed failed numerous times in my 20s and through those lessons i got to learn so much from starting a company i got to learn marketing and copywriting and how to engage with customers and clients and through golf i got to learn how to adhere to a system that was a neat environment so quick on that, David Epstein calls the world separated into neat environments and wicked environments. The world's wicked, but with golf you get to learn a neat environment because there's a simple thing where you have to go play golf and it's for a certain hole for a certain amount of time. That's neat, whereas like the world's wicked. There's so many things that are coming at us. So when we learn to be more flexible and have range in our lives, it, it really can change us. And this leads me into, this is going to be a really long-winded answer. No, but, I got you. I like it. Trust me. So the main thing coming off of that made me smile is an app I'm designing called Picnic. And Picnic to me is the future of education. So what is Picnic? Picnic takes people who are uh, experts in their own industry and brings them together in a real world setting. So let's say that you're a history major and I'm a pro golfer. I want to learn history and you want to learn golf. We sync up on this app online and then we meet in real life and we exchange our thoughts and ideas. Then we're able to implement them into our everyday lives and then learn about what we're, we're actually interested in doing. So de facto to that, Whoa. we become the teachers of tomorrow by being our individual selves. Hmm. Wow. Wow, that's really cool. Dude, that's this cool is idea. so cool. Yeah, you're just taking this and evolving it into so many things. And it's it. I think it's perfect timing to come out with the podcast because, I mean, we have kind of taken the podcast now and evolved it a bit into, you know, video and trying to reach more people. So that's so awesome, dude. And I hope that you're going to be part of our journey with that. And we would love to be part of yours. So anything that we can do to help you out, to push your stuff, please let us. We will do it on Instagram. We will gladly have you back anytime you want. And I, I sincerely mean that. Um, so, dude, just thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you, guys, and, and, and likewise. And what you guys are doing, you, you might think that it's just between buddies and you're joking around and just just you know starting something that you thought was a joke to begin with. But really, yeah. you're, you're giving some, you're you're teaching people something. It doesn't matter what it could be. One day, it just could be a whole bunch of bullshit that you guys are just talking about going out and what you did when you were drunk. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> because people people need a lot of to that. Be 
people need to be entertained in so many different ways. They need to see what's possible. And the fact that you guys have the courage to do it, I mean, that's just something about you as well. And I think that, like, with being around you and people... People are always going to detract from what you do, but when you find the one person and say, you know what, I decided to do this because of you, you're going to be like, all right, fuck, that's why we started this, because someone just took a little bit from us and now wants to go do it, and you'll be able to encourage them, and then all of a sudden you build up this this amazing thing around you, and it's just everyone trying to create and have fun and live their best life. That's it, brother. That's yeah, it. And Peace, love, and equality, baby. And that's it. <laughs> and one thing I never realized was how much work this actually is. It's a lot of work. <laughs> For 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 something we do on our free time and it's for, it's fun it's great but it's a ton of work yeah it, yeah and it's up. you're talking to this guy who ran a marathon well that's what I'm saying writing yeah. blogs and and writing a book and doing all yeah. these other stuff. yeah writing's a whole other animal I could never write a blog no chance I can, I can get on a microphone and talk for hours but I could never write a you know a page and that's that's perfect don't do it to get on the yeah. microphone and talk yeah like it, don't worry about it yeah you could bring uh. someone else on to write just do what do what you do yeah cool. well thank you so much for coming on mike seriously I, this has been incredible i know you got to get back to that meeting of <laughs> you got to seal the deal so thank you dude for coming on and i mean it we're definitely gonna have you back on we would love to hear about you know next time we have you on where you've taken it from now and just thank you Cool, man. Thank you, guys. I'm so grateful that you did, took time out of your day to talk to me, and I really appreciate this opportunity to just get to blab on about cool things that I think are important in the world, and thank you. And you, you guys made me smile today by doing this, and uh, just thank you so much. <laughs> Likewise, man. Fuck. Likewise. Uh, we have so we have all your information up on the screen here if you're watching video. Uh, we have a, a link to your website, so go check him out. I encourage it. His blog writing is really amazing and engaging, and I really enjoy it, and I'm excited to see what comes out in the future from you. Cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate that, man. Thank you so much.